over today into Mark chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1. Mark chapter 2 in verse 1. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1, and I'm continuing today into our series, my series on reaching the lost at any cost. And this is actually part three of this series. Just so you know, we have a lot of great, exciting things coming forth. Next Sunday is uh, Palm Sunday. After Palm Sunday, that week there is Passion Week. Amen. Then we'll go into Resurrection Sunday. And then we'll move forward into the 50 days, amen, of fire as we get ready for Pentecost. Amen. Come on now. And that word Pentecost means 50. And that's the time from Passover, amen, until the Feast of Tabernacle. So let's look right here in chapter 2 of verse 1. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. If you have it, say amen. And if you need to, you can follow along on the screen. And the word of God reads. When he had come back to Capernaum, Several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, being unable to get to him because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they had dug an opening they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying and Jesus seeing their faith said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven but some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts why does this man speak that way he is blasphemy who can forgive sins but God alone and immediately Jesus aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves said to them why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts which is easier to say to the paralytic your sins are forgiven or to say get up and pick up your pallet and walk but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet and went out in the sight of everyone so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this this amen let's pray this morning dear heavenly father we come before you today in the name of jesus father we thank you that there's power in the name of jesus and we thank you lord god that your word is true that you are alive and well that you are real that you're still healing god you're still doing miracles you're still pouring out your spirit god you're still moving 
in a mighty way, God. And let us just grab a hold of what you have for us today, Lord Jesus. Let us apply it to our lives. Let us live it out, God, in a way that can glorify you, God, in a way that can impact eternity, God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are going to place this in our heart and place this in our mind and help it, Father God, to become reality in each and every one of our lives. Father, anoint me to preach your word this morning, to teach your word, God. Father God, give me the words to share as I share this morning. Father, you are worthy, my King, in Jesus' name, amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand, praise in this house, praise God. So I'm talking to you this morning once again in regards to a series on reaching the lost at any cost. And God has placed this on my heart to share this series. And my goal initially is to begin to get us as a body of Christ in the mindset and the passion to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to just be those that receive the word, not just be those that are hearers of the word, but be those that are doers of the word and those that are spreading the gospel message to the four corners of the earth. I want this to be something that's ingrained into you in a way where this is your focus, this is your drive, this is your passion. This is your desire, amen, in every aspect of your life, wherever it is that you may go, that you are looking for an opportunity to share the gospel message, to reach somebody with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that we aren't just people that have received it for ourselves and we're just sitting here on this great gift in this great source of life that's been given to us but we're people that have freely received and so as a result we want to freely give see we've received the gift of salvation we've received the gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ some of us have received the gift of healing some of us have received the gift of deliverance amen but it's time for us not just to hold on to it and sit on it, amen. But it's time for us to begin to be able to share that with somebody else. Are y'all with me today? We need to be a church, amen, a body that is desiring, amen, and passionate about reaching souls. Are y'all with me today? And so I'm going to preach this multiple weeks, and you may be like, well, I'm tired of hearing about that. Well, thank you, Jesus. Amen. If we start applying it, then I'll quit preaching it. Somebody say, God is good. And ultimately, like I shared before, we have so many opportunities in order to be able to share this gospel message. Every single day we have an opportunity, amen. Every time we step foot outside of our house, amen. 
and we get in our car and we go to some kind of destination, amen, which most of us are going to some kind of destination each and every day, we have an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to reach somebody with the love of Christ. We have the opportunity to tell somebody about a man named Jesus. Can I get an amen? So let's get passionate about it, church. And let's begin to walk this thing out. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Let's live this out and do what God says. God, Jesus gave us a commandment. Amen. To make disciples. Are y'all with me today? So let's look at our scriptures today. Amen. And here we're looking at a familiar story in the Bible. We're looking at a man that was a paralytic. We're looking at a man that was paralyzed. We're looking at a man, amen, that wasn't capable of getting around on his own. We're looking at a man, amen, that was just laying there, amen, helpless. Are y'all with me today? As we look at, as we notice these things, we notice that the paralytic, amen, he wasn't capable of getting to Jesus by himself. He wasn't capable of getting Jesus by, to Jesus by himself. And so as a result, this kept him from getting to Jesus. Not only that, but he couldn't follow the crowd that was following Jesus, amen, to get to Jesus, amen. He wasn't capable of doing these things, amen. He wasn't capable of going to where Jesus was at. Now, if you come into the house of God, how many of y'all know Jesus is in this place? If you hang around here long enough, you're going to encounter Jesus, Jesus is in this house. But the paralytic wasn't able on his own in order to even come into the house where Jesus was at. And how many of y'all know we look at this today, but this is a picture of a lot of society. Ultimately, there's things that are keeping them, amen, from being able to get in an environment and in a place where Jesus is at, hello somebody, in order to be able to experience and receive what it is that they need that Jesus has to offer and if it isn't for some of us, amen, being willing to go out, hello somebody, amen, and to reach them, to reach the lost at any cost, amen, they may not have an opportunity to experience Jesus in the way that they need to experience him. There was something, that things that were keeping him from there. And there's some things that are keeping the people of this world and in this world from being able to come to Jesus. The Bible says that the God of this world, talking about Satan, has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers. So what that means ultimately, amen, they're not capable of coming to a point where they can receive the very blessing of God. Are y'all following me today? 
And that was the situation with this paralytic. You know, we might ask ourselves, what is it that keeps you from getting to where Jesus is? And so I want to look at a couple of things here. I want to look at a key verse in this text today. Amen. Let's look at verse 3 for just a moment. And the word of God reads. And they came bringing to him a paralytic. Another version says bringing one that was sick of the palsy. And the next part says, and he was carried by four men. Now, I want us to kind of take a moment and we're going to kind of focus in on that scripture. Because ultimately, we're talking about somebody that due to their sickness, due to their condition, due to their disease was not capable of getting into the house where Jesus was at. Are y'all following me today? How many of y'all know sometimes our sickness, sometimes our sin, hello, sometimes our disease, sometimes our addiction, sometimes our situation will paralyze us to a point to where we're not capable of getting into the house where Jesus is at. But the Bible says, amen, that they came bringing this paralytic and he was carried by four men. And I want to take a look real quick and take some time today to look at this paralytic man and I want to consider these and look at his four friends today. Now the Bible doesn't mention of any names. He doesn't mention of any names concerning these men. Amen. Nor were their praise given unto them by their friends or their friends. In other words, the paralytic guy, there was no... Uh, uh, identification in the word of their name there was no identification of them receiving any praise amen hello somebody the bible does speak about praise but the praise amen and the thanks was given to christ jesus alone how many y'all know he deserves all the praise he deserves all the honor even in the midst of when god uses our lives amen God may use us to reach people. God may use us to bring people to Christ. God may use us for somebody to be healed. Somebody to be delivered. Somebody to be set free. Somebody to be saved. But at the end of the day, amen, all praise goes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. And so we look here. They didn't stand around and tell Christ that they were the ones that brought him there. They didn't act with pride with what they did and amen. Are y'all with me today? But what they did do, 
is they were concerned with one thing, and that was just getting their friend in the house where Jesus was at. Because they knew if they could get him into the house where Jesus was at, amen, then they could begin to just let Jesus do the work that is needed. Can I get an amen? See, it's not always the preacher that does all the work. It's not always the worship team that does all the work. It's Jesus that does the work. Can I get an amen? I'm not capable of healing anybody. I'm not capable of delivering anybody. But if we can get you to a place where Jesus is present. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say God is good. So I want us to look for a moment and I want us to look at these four men or we can refer to them as four friends today. And I want to see, I'm going to give them a specific name and I want us to look at this because ultimately, amen, there's some things that need to take place from in our hearts and in our lives to get us to a point where we are willing to get people in the house of the Lord at any cost. Are y'all following me today? And the first friend I want to talk about today, if you're taking notes, friend number one is compassion. Somebody say compassion. Now, as we're looking at this, there's a friend here. He sees this other, he sees his friend. He sees his friend in need. And not only in need, but he knew that he could help him to get better. Not getting better by anything he himself could do, but that his friend, Jesus, could do. Are y'all with me today? In other words, he knew that Jesus was good enough for the lame man and he is good enough for the man with palsy, amen. But this man was a man of compassion and he was compassionate concerning the condition of his friend and as a result, that compassion began to drive him to begin to want to meet the need concerning that guy's situation. He knew he himself didn't have the ability to meet the need, but he knew somebody that could meet the need. He was compassionate concerning their, his condition you know, when Jesus looked upon the, the people, amen, and he saw the multitudes, the Bible says, amen, that he had compassion on them. Because he knew that they were people without a shepherd. He knew that they were lost, walking around aimlessly in life. Are y'all following me today? You know, this guy was compassionate. He saw the need. He saw the condition. He saw the situation. And he saw the solution. Amen. And when he dealt with it, he wasn't critical of the situation. He didn't pass judgment on the guy just laying there. Why are you just laying there? 
You're just a lame guy. No, I'm trying to preach to you this morning. You're just sorry. You can't do anything. Right. Quit just laying around. You know, sometimes people are paralyzed by life and by the world and by sin and by situations in their life. Have you ever felt paralyzed sometimes? And so this guy, he had compassion. He wasn't critical of the situation. He wasn't passing judgment. But he had compassion. Amen? And he wasn't there to make the situation worse by using harmful words. But he was willing to help by getting his hands involved. Come on, somebody. By beginning to step out, amen, and beginning to do for that man what he couldn't do for himself. And he didn't just leave him laying there, but he was concerned with the situation in order to get this friend or this man the help that he needed. How many of y'all know that's the type of friends that we need? I don't know about you, but that's the type of friends that I need. I need friends that identify a need, identify the situation. They're not passing judgment. Amen. They're not criticizing. They're not sitting there, uh, you know, speaking words of hurt and everything. But they're beginning to begin to get into action and begin their compassion is driving them to get me where I need to go. I'm here to tell you today, I don't have the solution for your life within myself. But there's one named Jesus that has the solution for every, the whole world's problems. He's the savior of the world. He's the answer for everything. He's the great I am. Whatever situation you got, amen. He is the solution. He is the answer. Are y'all with me today? When you grab a hold of that, amen, there's not going to be anything that's impossible for you. There's not going to be any kind of situation that you encounter that looks completely hopeless. There's never going to be at a point where you say, amen, there's no, there's no hope. There's no solution. There's no, uh, there, this thing is never going to happen. The devil is a liar. Amen. We just got to get him to Jesus. We just got to get them in the presence of God. My kids may not act how I want. We just got to get them, amen, in love with God. We got to get them in the anointing of God. Amen. My marriage may not be where I want. We just got to get Jesus in the midst of that situation. We just got to get Jesus in that situation. Come on down. And that's how we look at it as a whole in society. Society may be falling apart. It may be a lost and dying world. It may be, amen, headed for a wreck. But we just got to get Jesus. Come on now. Somebody needs to get excited up in here. But this guy had some compassion. We got to have, I want, I, I want to have some friends that have got a little compassion. Yeah, you know. Hello. Somebody say God is good. God is good. 
I don't want friends that are just going to leave me laying there. Just leave me stuck in my mess. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, no, I'm not going to mess with that. Oh, no, it's, you know. That ain't my problem. You know, Psalms 86 and 15. He says, but thou, O Lord, are a God full of compassion. A gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. That's what it says. Our Lord, you want to know the heart and character of God? He's a God full of compassion. Jesus was full of compassion when he looked at the multitude. He wasn't sitting there judging them. He says, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save, to seek and save that which was lost and to destroy the works of the devil. Are y'all following me today? And he looked at the people in their condition and he had compassion because they were, amen, sheep without a shepherd. They were lost and they're dead in their trespasses and sins. They were separated from a holy and righteous God that loved them, amen, with an un, amen, conditional love. And that's the way God is. God is full of compassion. He's gracious. He has long-suffering. Some of you he's suffered longer than others with. And he's got plenty of mercy and truth. Are y'all following me today? Psalms 111 and verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. And I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great. Sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. And he hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Are y'all with me today? First Peter 3 and 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Look at this. This is in the New Testament. Having compassion one for another. He says, love as brethren. Brethren meaning believers in the family of God. Love is brethren. Be pit, pitiful. Be courteous. But he's saying have compassion. Are y'all with me today? So the first friend was the friend of compassion. And that compassion drove him to get into action. The second friend. Amen. The second friend was a friend called faith. Come on now. I don't know about you. I need some friends that are full of compassion. I need some friends that can be concerned concerning my need and my situation and my circumstance. Amen. But I also need some friends that are full of faith. Are y'all with me today? Like Peter and John, they have nothing to give. Silver and gold we have not. But what we do have. 
Are y'all with me today? That's what they said to the lame man lying at the gate. And they gave what they had. And what they had was Jesus Christ. You may think you don't have anything to have, but you have the greatest thing. Amen. Silver and, the, silver and gold can't buy it. Hello, somebody. Silver and gold can't stand up to the value of it. You have Jesus to give. You know, the woman with the issue of blood knew what these friends knew. She knew if we can get to Jesus, he alone can help us. See, I want you to get this mindset right here concerning every situation in your life. Every situation, I don't care which one it is. I don't care if it's your finances. I don't care if it's a court situation. I don't care if it's a marital problem. I don't care, amen, what it is, a, a, a sickness. It doesn't matter, amen, what it is. Hello, somebody. If you can get the mindset, if I can just get, amen, to Jesus, amen, he's going to begin to fix what needs to be fixed. Do you all have that mindset? Is that like the thing that the default thought that goes forth in your life whenever you come up against a challenge? That needs to be. That needs to be the immediate amen thought that comes to your mind. If it's not, amen, keep coming back. That's the very thing that's been the saving grace for my life. Even as a Christian, it hasn't all been peaches and cream. He was a friend of faith. And this kind of friend or this kind of faith only works in those who believe. In other words, I want people that can believe that God can move in my situation. Now, how many of y'all know sometimes when you're the one that's in this situation, sometimes it's a little challenging, you know, to be able to see yourself out of that situation. How many of y'all know if you're the one that's been going through the marital challenges and you're the one that's beat down concerning this situation and it's starting to appear hopeless, amen, and you've tried all these various areas in your life, amen, but you haven't been able to find the solution. Come on, somebody, amen. Sometimes it's tough to be able to believe God for the impossible concerning your situation. And sometimes that'll begin to paralyze you, amen, to where it's hard for you to begin to move. Oh, come on, somebody. I wish I had some help up in here. Amen. And so, you know, or when you're the one that's sick, amen, it's hard to believe God for a miracle healing on your own. Hello, somebody. Amen. Especially if your sickness is really taking your... Uh, creating fatigue or creating you to be distorted in your mind, amen, and beginning to attack your body in a way where you can't just get radical and stir it up in your prayer closet. Come on now, amen. When you're the one in the situation, sometimes it can paralyze you. And sometimes you need a friend of faith. A friend that can believe God for the impossible. That's what this second friend was. I don't know about you, but I want people who believe. 
I want people who know the power of God and know the power of prayer. And they're praying in faith. Amen. And as a result, it's helping me. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of people I want in my life. I need some people with some compassion, but I need some people that have, or men and women of faith that can believe God for the impossible, that take God at his word. And as a result, they're willing to get into action and get me into the presence of the one that's capable, that are willing to do it at whatever cost. Are y'all with me today? See, the centurion soldier knew that all Jesus had to do was speak the word and that it would be done. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing. Are y'all with me today? So I think it'd be safe to say that these men have either heard of the things that Jesus had done or they had seen firsthand faith coming by hearing. Are y'all with me today? Remember what I said about faith only working in those who believe. It's in their belief that gave them the power to tear off the roof and to get him to Jesus. The room was full. There was no way in. There was, it was crowded in the house. But Jesus was in the house. It takes some radical faith, amen, to say, oh, Lord, it may look impossible. Amen. It may look like we don't have any way to get them there. To go begin to go. So, no, let's do it. Let's go take them to Jesus at all costs. And they go up on the roof and they rip the roof off. Come on, that's some radical faith right there. That's some crazy. I want some people like that around me. Come on, somebody. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if it looks, amen, uh, you know what I'm saying. Hello. I don't care if it looks crazy. You know, I don't care if it's a little unorthodox. I don't care. Unorthodox don't matter as long as we can get them to Jesus. That's all that matters. I like unorthodox. That's my style right there. <laughs> Throw all that other stuff out the way. If we were trying to be politically correct, that guy would have never got his healing. Come on, somebody. We've been knocking on the door. Hello, hello. Can we please come in? Do you mind if we come in? No, come on. But it was their faith that made the difference. Verse five, put that up there. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Come on, somebody, we need some friends of faith. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And as great as this sickness was, 
Greater was their faith in Jesus Christ. As bad as your situation may be. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how messed up it is. I don't care how tore up it is. Come on, somebody. I don't care how hopeless it, it appears. Are y'all following me? Some of y'all right there feel like your situation is hopeless. The devil is a liar. I don't care how hopeless it is. Amen. He had a great sickness. He was paralyzed and couldn't even move. But they had faith that was greater than their situation. The third friend, amen, was a friend of determination. So here we are. They were no doubt tired from carrying their friend. They were tired. They had carried him, man. You know, if you're sitting here carrying around a guy, amen, dead weight. I mean, he wasn't dead, but it was dead weight. Hello. Come on. Oh, my God. See, ooh. And they were carrying him. Sometimes we feel like we got to carry people. I've been carrying you all this way. It's getting heavy. I'm getting wore out. I'm getting tired. I don't even, I'm, I'm, oh my God, I don't know if it's worth it. Hello. And then now you want me to climb up some stairs on the side of a house. And carry you up the stairs. And then I've got to rip the roof off. And then lower you down. My God. That takes a little bit of determination. Man, thank God you got some people around you. You got some pastors and some shepherds and some leaders. Amen. That are going to persevere. They're going to press in. They're not going to give up. Amen. If we have to carry you, we'll carry you until we, till you can begin to walk yourself. Till you can begin to do it yourself. Come on, somebody. Because we're going to get you to the one that can fix the problem. We're going to get you to Jesus. Come on now. Hello. If you come on. Yeah, we're not going to give up. I don't give up. I'm not, I don't quit. I may be getting tired. I may be wore out. I may be like, my God, can they get it already? Please. We've been doing this for years. Let's get it. I need you to walk alongside me. Hold my arms up. But until then, I'm going to carry you. In all your problems. How many of y'all know that's what a pastor does? But the good thing is, I'm not carrying it in my own strength. Jesus is the one carrying it. But I am the shepherd. I am the pastor. Every challenge and every problem and every situation. You know what I'm saying? I take that on. You know, it's only natural for a shepherd Because we care about you. We want you to make it. We want the best for your life. 
We want you to prosper. We want you to be blessed. We want you to be, have joy and fulfillment and do everything God's called you to do. Amen. And I, I know at the end of the day, no matter what, amen, if we could just hold on, we could get you there. And I don't even, you know, if I can just get you there. And I may have to carry you. I may, you know, I may have to drag you. If that thing gets tired, man, I'll be like, oh, my God. Oh, oh. Come on, we're going up the stairs. Oh. We're not giving up. I got to start up my cardio again. I got to do my spiritual gymnastics again. Because, my God. But he persevered. He had a friend of determination. He was determined to get him where he needed to go. Thank God for a friend of determination. I'm not going to say I give up, man. Y'all want to do the same thing over and over? I give up. No. There's no quitting. God don't quit on us. And I'm not going to quit on you. Are y'all with me today? So here they are. They're no doubt tired from carrying their friend. But they pressed on. They were no doubt taken back by the press of the people. But they pressed on. Amen. Sometimes people are going to be saying, why are you still helping them? Why are you still working with them? Why do you still do that? Man, they, they just keep doing the same thing over and over, year after year. Why? You know, the people. That's what was here, because these people, they were like, you know, they had the, 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 the religious people in there. And then, you know, the Bible says that they, let me, let me look at that scripture, amen. Look at verse 6, put it up there real quick. But some of the scribes were sitting there, amen, and reasoning in their hearts. How do you know Jesus knows your heart? He didn't say they were reasoning in their words. They weren't reasoning in their actions. They were reasoning in their hearts. Look at the next verse. Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Amen. So here you have the crowd. Then you have the people. Amen. That are like, why? What, what is this? You know, second. Amen. They were trusting that Jesus would make it worth their trip. Come on. See, I'm trusting, and some of these people around here are trusting that when it's all said and done, that it's going to be worth our trip. Come on. And I've seen it, and I've seen it, and I've seen it again. You know, I was telling the guys, it took years before I saw some of the fruit of what we had been doing. Amen. But a good thing we didn't quit then. And it's just going to continue. It's worth the trip. Somebody say it's worth the trip. Yeah. It's worth the trip. I know y'all do a whole lot of tripping, but it's worth the trip. 
Amen. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to lose my mind, but it's worth the trip. Amen. Even if the trip is just, you know, right before we go to heaven, it's still worth the trip. You know what I'm saying? Now, hopefully some of y'all will get it and get strong and come walk alongside me and we'll take this world for Jesus. But even if that don't happen, at least we'll celebrate in heaven together. And I'm going to get a new body so all that wore out stuff will just be made new so we'll be all right. And I'm going to ask God for a whole head of hair. <laughs> Second Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that the any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not slack. Amen? The Bible says, like, some men count slackness. Amen. He's not slack in that area, but he's got long suffering towards us. Somebody say towards us. Towards he's got long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. He's not willing to let any one of them go. He's not willing to let the devil have any one of them. Come on now. How many of y'all know a good pastor ain't willing to let the devil have none of the sheep? He ain't going to have no marriage. He's not going to have no situation. Uh-uh. Are y'all following me today? When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Pull up your bootstraps and let's go. Gird up your loins. Come on. Hey, I ain't going to fight this thing by myself. Are y'all with me today? Thank God, amen, there's four of these guys. Thank God, I just, I just need three other guys. Come on now. Just give me three other ones. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Zachariah, we just need, I just need, three, we just need two other guys. That's it? Are y'all following me today? Now, I'm going to tell you it takes all four. <laughs> Are y'all with me today? So even though it was hard and the road was heavy, press on. Don't be focused on the load that you're carrying, but the goal that awaits. Hello, somebody. Isn't that the scripture he says? When you're running the race that's set before you, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. That's the only way you're going to be able to run that race. It's the only way you're going to be able to finish. I'm almost done. So the fourth friend is a friend called love. God's love is not a pampering love, but it's a perfecting love. Amen. I'm not going to pamper you, especially if you've been walking this thing out for a minute. Amen. But it's a perfecting love. And so these are the kind of friends that we need to have. Not friends like Job, but amen. Unlike Job's friends, these friends were godly. And no matter what their friend was going through, amen. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen. Romans 5, 5 says this, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto 
us. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. In Hebrews 13 and 1, let brotherly love continue. So I want to ask you this today. What is your goal for your friends? Or what is your goal for those that are out there that God puts in your path, that he puts in your life? Amen? Now, I want you to look at this for a second. As they're carrying this, what would it be called? Like a stretcher, but... Gurney, as they were carrying this gurney, how many of y'all know, first of all, it, it, if it was just compassion that was holding a corner of the bed, how many of y'all know they would have never made it where they were going? Compassion is important. Compassion is necessary. Hello? But if it was just compassion that was holding it, they would have never made it there. If it was just faith holding one corner of the bed, they wouldn't have made it there. You can have faith, but if you don't have works, if you don't have some action, come on now. I can't just, you know, I can tell you, okay, you need to get, you know, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Amen. But sometimes I've got to help you get into action. If you're paralyzed, I've got to carry you. Come on. I can give you the answer all day long. But sometimes if you're paralyzed because of your situation, you can't get and walk out that answer. So if it was just faith alone, it wouldn't have got there. Amen. If it was just determination of will holding one corner of the bed, they would have not made it there. If it was just love holding one corner of the bed, they wouldn't have made it there, amen, because it takes all of us doing our part to get the job done. Can I get an amen? amen. It takes a person of compassion. It takes a person of faith. It takes a person of determination. It takes a person of unconditional love. That's what it takes, amen. Are y'all with me today? In other words, you can't do the work that you're not called to do. Some of you have a gift of compassion. Some of us have a gift of faith. Some of us have a determination that won't quit. And some of us have the gift of love. Are y'all with me today? And you can't do the work that you're not called to do. You got to do your job. And you got to trust that all of those others will do their job and it'll be done in the right manner. And so by doing our job, we can help the paralytic. We can help the cripple. We can silence the critics. Come on. We can honor Christ for the cause. Are y'all with me today? It was all four men. Can I get the worship team to come forward? Let's go back to our scripture. Verse 8. 
says, immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within himself, said to them, why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Next verse. Why is easier, which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sin is forgiven or get up and pick up your pallet and walk. But so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he called to the paralytic. I say to you, get up. Pick up your pallet and go home. In other words, he was showing them right there. Number one, I got the power to heal. Number one, amen, I am Emmanuel. I am God in the flesh. Amen. I am the son of man. God is with you and your sins can be forgiven. Come on now. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet. And went out into the sight of everyone. Come on now. So that they were all amazed. Come on now. You know, hey look. If it wasn't an impossible situation. It wouldn't need an impossible God. And if it wasn't an impossible situation. It wouldn't be able to be a powerful testimony. Of the power and healing of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's got to be so impossible to where they say, you know what? I know that it's nothing other than one thing. Come on, somebody. See, somebody is going to begin to see your situation. And they have been looking at it from a distance. And they've seen how messed up it is. And they've seen how impossible it is. And they've seen how long it's taken. And they've seen all these things. Amen. And then they're going to see something that's transformed. They're going to see you get up. Come on, somebody. From your paralyzed situation, they're going to see you rise up with some resurrection life. Come on now. And they're going to begin to see you walk it out. And it's going to be in the sight of everyone. God's going to put you right out there in front of everyone. And say, look what I can do. Look what I'm capable of. Look what's possible. Woo, my God. Come on. And they're going to be amazed. And they're going to be like, oh, my God. Whoa. That's crazy. Not them. They were messed up. They were. No way. I know there's some people saying that about me and my wife right now. And my situation. And in the sight of everybody. God. God put them right there out there for everybody to see. So that they were all amazed. And what happened after they were amazed? They were glorifying God. And they were saying, we have never seen anything like this before. That's the way God wants to do it. That's the way God shows up. That way is no, nobody gets the credit. Nobody gets the credit. Not, the, not any of the four guys. Not the friends. Not the scribes. Not this. Not that. Not the pastor. Not nobody. Nobody gets credit. Except for Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
And as a result, they glorify God, praising Him. Come on now, even the naysayers are going to praise Him. Even the haters are going to praise Him. Come on. Somebody needs to get excited up in here today. Because Jesus is in the house. But I want to challenge you. Amen. Be that person of compassion. Be that person of faith. Be that person of determination. Be that person of love that won't quit. And let's get these people to Jesus. The one that can fix everything in their situation. Come on, give the Lord another hand. Praise this morning. Come on, let's worship the King in this house.